This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. This week we're talking about the imposter syndrome. And the reason is, uh, I was watching an interview with uh, JJ Puig, who's a famous music engineer, producer, and he was talking about the imposter syndrome and how if you're in the creative business, usually come with that ticket of being creative is um, a large dose of insecurity, which then obviously makes you feel like you're an imposter. Do you feel like you're an imposter, Robert? Uh, I suffer from it every day when I'm sending work to clients at radio stations where that is my job, is to try and push the boundaries and do something a bit different. In fact, I think I've said to you a couple of times, you sort of, you, I'll send out a finished job and then I'll sit there and watch the email for the next 15 minutes waiting for the email back come, to come back saying, what the hell were you thinking? So, um, yep. you know, it's, 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 it is a real thing. It's, absol- it's ta- absolutely there. It's tangible. I can reach out and touch it every day. Yeah, yeah. Now, George, I reckon you'd have a few of these stories, certainly when you were kicking off with uh, your tech business. Well, yeah. I mean, it was way more acute when I was getting into doing the home studio building and designing. You know, it was one thing to help someone deal with a buzz in their mic or, you know, set up a processing chain for somebody. That was very tangible, very, you know, for me, pretty easy to turn around and you'd get immediate results and immediate feedback usually. But boy, doing something bigger of a higher caliber where there's higher stakes, um, yeah, I thrust myself into projects uh, numerous times where I was like, "Oh man, I, I, you know what? Think I should these guys be trusting me with this?" And I would say <laughs> the biggest one of all was probably the SAG Foundation uh, Don LaFontaine Voiceover Lab. Still to this date, the biggest, highest profile, highest budget project I've ever done, and that was ten years ago. <laughs> you know, that was very much at the beginning of my career. Um, and if it not been my connection with Don and having helped him in his home studio, that would never have happened. You know, that was pure and simple nepotism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, just, beautiful. I don't know if that's the right definition of nepotism, but I mean, that was, that was a who, you know, yep. kind of thing. And, uh, but that's how, that's how you kind of get ahead in this business is by networking and connecting with people. And you have to, you know, there's some dumb sayings like luck favors the prepared, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I've certainly thrust myself into some scary situations where, you know, in some ways it may have cost me, maybe it cost me a lot of time, maybe it cost me some money, but I've been lucky enough that almost never has it cost me my reputation, thankfully. Um, and it, and there's just, it's just from a lot of just, just persistence and working with people who, I'm just lucky because I'm working almost entirely with people that already know on some level my reputation. And that for me is a very fortunate situation to be in. It's interesting having a reputation and you being aware of it. But the trouble is sometimes, and I was saying to Robo the other day, that, you know, I actually still defer to people. Um, I don't, I, and I don't know why I do that because I've been doing this for 40 plus years. Right. And I'm still, you know, feel a bit insecure when I'm hanging around with certain people that I'm kind of mm. not worthy, which is it's a oh, weird wow. thing. And I, I don't know where that comes from, but it certainly is um, it's something difficult to deal with. And, I, and I'm sure that like with you, you'll go to studios you've built or even, you know, 
at the SAG building in in um, LA, you walk in there and you probably look at that studio and think, ooh, I wonder if anyone's noticed that. Right, exactly. I'm actually going to read right now the definition based on the very first hit on Google um, of what this means, imposter syndrome, because it's one of those things that, you know, I want to I want to be on the same page as everybody else is what I think it means. But this definition from hbr.org, which is the Harvard Business Review, um, says imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. Um, wow, that's interesting. You know what? I've got a classic example just to I follow. I haven't felt it too acutely lately, but yeah, Robbo, what's what's the situation you've run into? Uh, I, I, I've, I, as I said, I run into it daily, but the best example I've got is, uh, is of someone else, is Dave Grohl. When, uh, when Nirvana wow. finished, Dave sort of took some time off and then decided he wanted to get back into music and started putting together a new album. And he played all the instruments. He played the guitar, the drums, all the way down to the shaker even. He was him and he just put it together as a, well, you know, it's not great, but it's a demo for the record companies. Wow. Sent it yeah. off to the record companies, you know, waiting to hear, hear him come back or not come back. And it was like the very next day, I think the story goes, that he got a call from what would eventually become his record company going, hey, we love the demos. It's awesome. We want to sign you. And he went, great, that's unreal. I'll go out and find some musicians. And they went, no, 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 just leave it the way it is. We love it. And that was Dave Grohl's first album was him all over it. But he, he put it together fully expecting to hear back, oh, you know, we like the songs, but <laughs> the rest's a bit crap. Uh, and heard yep. back, no, don't touch it. You know, it's, it's awesome. So, um, you know, even right. guys like Dave Grohl get imposter syndrome. I, th- I think many people do. Uh, I think that's yeah. part of the creative process. Yeah, and I was going to say the word creative. That's a big thing here. So a lot of what I do, some would argue that it's creative. In my mind, it's not. In my mind, I'm just applying the things I've gleaned, learned, you know, and picked up over the last, you know, 10 plus years and just plugging them in. So in my mind, a lot of what I feel I'm doing is not that creative. But it's when I get to stretch out of that zone and maybe be more creative or try something completely new or push the envelope. Maybe that's where, you know, that feeling can occasionally creep up. Mm. And I think maybe that's a big part of it. You, what you do, Robbo, is clearly a very creative endeavor and you really put it out there sometimes mm-hmm. and really try things. And you're like, oh man, this could be the one where they just say, nope, <laughs> this guy's lost it. Call the yeah, next guy. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's and. Thank God that's never happened, but you're right. It's always there, that thought. But I still think there's an element of, uh, certainly a a large element of creativity uh, with what you do, George, because as you know, that um, you can do everything by the book and it doesn't work. And then you can do something that is not by the book and it works perfectly. Yeah, I mean, the creativity certainly comes in play for me when I'm solving problems um, and trying to figure out why this combination of mic and interface and PC and version of Windows and version of Mac or whatever it is. Like that's, that can be a creative endeavor in itself. And I think for me, the most creative is when I'm, you know, designing a studio. And right now I actually have four studios in different states of, you know, design or construction, which is pretty intense. Um, 
And, you know, in some cases, there's even an architect involved. And I think when there's an architect involved, that's when I have the most anxiety. Am I going to get very found different out? When I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's very different when I'm working with just a customer and maybe my buddy, Corey, is he's going to build a booth. And But man, when there's an architect involved and then there's a licensed contractor involved and then the contractor's pulling permits and they start throwing out jargon and I'm like, oh no, they're going to find out that I'm just a guy and I don't have any certification or licensing or any any degrees in this stuff, and they're going to figure out that I'm you know I'm a waste of time. And that's when I think <laughs> I feel I feel like I have the most anxiety so, is in those cases. So how, how do we all overcome it then? I mean, for me, I, I I use it as a bit of a gauge to be honest with you. If if I'm feeling really really that sort of if I'm deeply feeling that, I will stop and check myself and go okay. Am I right? Am I wrong? And occasionally I'll go, "Mm, maybe I have gone one step too far and I'll pull it back a notch. Whether that be right or wrong, that's just my way of dealing with it. How how do you guys deal with it then? Because you've still got to, you know, if you want to be successful, we all know you've got to push boundaries. So so what checks do you put in place then, you guys, in terms of that? Do you want me to jump in here? I'm happy to jump in because I I, I don't have one. I think the, uh, the biggest issue is with that imposter syndrome or, or, you know, the insecurity is you tend to fall back on what you feel that you're good at. And the problem is you get yourself into uh, a place where you can't get out of. So I think it's a, sometimes a case of taking a brave pill and you never know, you might find something else that you're good at that then um, expands your repertoire. It can be your friend, but, it, you know, more, more often than not, it's probably the demon Maybe it's a social, there's a social element, perhaps um, staying connected with, you know, a community of others that do what you do. Um, being able to bounce things off of other people, I think for me helps. I can go into forums and groups. I can check what I'm doing. I can ask for help. I will do that on a regular basis. You know, I will, I will seek help or, uh, you know, consult others that I think know more than I do. You know, and I'll I'll do that on a regular basis to just make sure to to it. Sometimes it's just to reinforce what I think I know. It's an affirmation, and then sometimes it's like, oh damn, I never thought of that. I'm gonna definitely put that into this into play here. So maybe that's for me what helps me. I'm an extrovert, so I need to be connected with other people and stay connected, even if it's briefly. I still need to have that for me to feel. Uh, safe, I guess. So yeah. that's for me what helps, I think. I guess, you know, in terms of a final say in this in this little short quick bite, one thing I, I, I'd like to put out there and one thing I went through a few years ago now was sort of where that, that sort of anxiety moves into more of a depression. Um, and, you know, I was one of the lucky people who recognised it and got help and nipped it in the bud very quickly. But if, if, if you feel like it's, if you're listening to this episode and you feel like it's overwhelming you, uh, ask for help because it can, it can lead to some really ugly places and you know, no one's going to laugh at you, you know, I'm sure. If, and if they do, then find someone else and tell them your story because you know, talking about it is by far the best way to, to turn it around. But um, it can yeah. get out of control if you're not careful. Yeah, I can. I mean, depression is a form of anxiety, and anxiety is a form of depression. And 
and my brother is someone that I know we've mentioned this in another episode. We talked a little bit about anxiety, but uh, it's incredibly, uh, it can be extremely crippling. So what can, you know, what can start as imposter syndrome could end up as a sign, I guess is the word, for, that you may have some kind of anxiety to deal with. So yeah, definitely don't uh, go it alone and certainly check with your friends and family and maybe a professional, you know, and, and just make sure everything's okay. Look after yourselves. Yeah, and I think what makes it even more difficult is when you're working like we do, where we're working basically on our own, uh, particularly yeah. Robo and I, you know, where we you guys do for yeah. sure. And uh, you can get in, you know, get yourself into some pretty dark places if you're not careful. So, um, indeed, that's a pretty somber cool. note to end on. <laughs> it was <laughs> no more fart jokes. Oh well, there you oh, go. Exactly. Can't win them all. Yeah. I'm sure we'll come up with one though for next week. <laughs> on that note. Uh-huh. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. You're